0: Welcome to Blood Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is June 24th, 2014. Wow, the time has flown. I can't believe it's uh, 2014. I began this show in March of 2011. I guess I've done over 150 shows, and there's over 150-something thousand downloads and listens. So I'm really glad to have left Alcoholics Anonymous. How about you? Or are you still stuck there? Um, do you need help programming? Uh, wondered why and how you ever could get so brainwashed. You know, I, I did this, chose this title because I was working with my editor and he said to me, uh, you know, why, some people might ask, you know, well, why didn't you just leave after the second time you were 13-stepped when you were turning 19 in 1976. And I said, you know, Barry, I don't know. Like, I cried about that the first year I left. Like, why didn't I just walk away? And then, you know, I was talking to one of my sons about it, and he said, you know, people just want to belong, Mom. They just want to belong. And I had left home when I was 17 and I had hitchhiked across the country with everything on my back and my backpack and I felt like I came from a broken home. I certainly had decent members of my family. You know, I had decent grandparents and, um, you know, and aunts and uncles that I loved and cousins that I loved. And, but I left home with everything on my back and, uh, so when I was in Hawaii with my father and his second new wife, uh I didn't have any of my friends that I had many good friends back in New York City that I had grown up with in my local neighborhood and I you know really have been was thinking about how did how did that happen? How do you get like brainwashed that fast? How do you think that you're in something that's not really anything like This is a weird fucking mind fuck that happens in AA that especially happened back then where it's, oh, you know, take what you like and leave the rest and, um, oh, you don't, you know, have to go to meetings when you want, uh, this sort of thing. I had never heard 90 meetings in 90 days. I I wished I would have because then I would have just said, like, Oh, really? Uh, This is not for me. I wasn't a joiner. I just interviewed somebody that I know really well who uh, is definitely going to be in the film. And, you know, she said that kind of stuff, too. She uh, joined AA. Like, none of us ever, like, you know got a card and said, did anybody sit you down and say, well, you know, are you really ready to join Alcoholics Anonymous? And it's that that, that feathering, Harry Lake used to say it, and it's a total manipulating, Uh, you feather them until they trust you, and then you hit them over the head with a hammer. That's exactly what he said to me. And I remember being so shocked by that statement when I was 18 months sober when these two guys preyed on my sister and I and I was pretty a mess then I really felt uh I felt like I didn't fit anywhere and I certainly didn't feel like I fit in AA and I didn't feel like I belonged in the world and um my life wasn't going well and at the time my father uh was was very supportive he was pretty consumed with his own second wife and failing second marriage and my sister was uh, probably in a very similar uh, situation as me. We couldn't really support each other. We were just like two lost teenagers in the uh, predatory cult of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, you know, I just watched The Anonymous People, and I thought, what a piece of crap that film is. Uh, there's like no, th- there's no scientific person interviewed. There's no... Uh, there's nobody except steppers who love AA pretending that they're talking some other language. Like, what is this language? Oh, I'm in long-term recovery. I mean, who made this shit up? And when did they make this shit up? I, that, that's the part that I don't know. It's like you all know that those people are in AA and they're creating this new agenda and a new language like Marty Mann did, so now they can further their agenda. And they want to call it a disease. I'm like, yeah, well. You know what? In my film, we're going to have somebody who's going to say it's not a disease. You know, there are certain things, characteristics that something must have uh, to be called and to be a disease, a real disease. And, a, an alco- and drinking a beverage and being dependent on a beverage and misusing it and abusing a beverage isn't part of it. It's certainly a behavior and it certainly can become um, addictive and addicting and you could become dependent on it and you can get you can get diseases or illnesses from it we all know that there's no big deal uh, so how did it happen well i started to read the book right away i didn't trust anybody uh, i was 13 stepped right away and survived that and just you know decided i was going to read that book cover to cover but i think it's something in the readings and the i think it's a certain kind of mind control i don't know if bill wilson intended it you know, was was he really that diabolical that, you know, people were learning about how to brainwash people back then? Well, I think Hitler certainly knew how to brainwash people, and the Oxford Movement it was started by you know Frank Buckman, who was a Hitler lo- a <laughs> Hitler lover. But I mean, I don't have there's nothing in that I know. If somebody knows about it, you know, please go ahead and post that information on either Leaving AA or send it to me at makeaa safer at gmail com. But the point is, is that how did I, uh, vulnerable, yes, in, in that place in my life, uh, feeling really uh, out of place and not a part of, and so I wanted to feel a part of. But why after that second time? Well, I'll tell you why, that, that my woman, Mary Lake, who became my AA sponsor, heard about what was going on in Kailua. I came over to that house where those house meetings were, and she reached out to me, And so did this other guy, Bob, who was called Butterfly Bob. And they were the only two people. No, there was another woman called Lilan. They reached out to me, and I felt like, you know, these people cared. And I really thought I was having, like, a nervous breakdown. It was so bad. And eventually I moved over into Kalihi and started to go to the Malia meetings, which were tiny. There were, like, eight people. And um, I think I was trapped then. I, I see it as a trap then at that point, but there was this Hawaiian group in Hawaiian culture, and they were very kind and they were very family orientated and they loved me they love bombed me to all shit, okay they just loved the fuck out of me and they but they were good people um and they were decent people and they had you know yet they had some of them had really horrible pasts, looking back uh we were already inviting, I think, quickly, soon, in the Malia group began. I went with them and brought meetings into prisons for four years when I should have been at college and not Wednesday nights, you know, eating uh, Portuguese bean soup with uh, this group of people that were all 20, 25 years older than me. But in, and then on one hand, they were like family, They you know, to me, and they were certainly more... Uh, Accepting of me than my father was at the time, who was highly critical. So word out there to parents who might be listening. Um, I really suggest Craft, C-R-A-F-T, and the Center for Motivation and Change in New York, and call them, ask them for anyone who's trained in Craft for family and friends of people who have alcohol or drug issues. And uh, just like the Anonymous People movie, you know their whole little movement. Uh, about words and language. I do think it's important, and for me, I don't like to use the word alcoholic, um, and uh, alcoholism, it's a really old-fashioned word and has a lot of stigma, and it has a lot of bullshit uh, you know, c- connected to it. One of the films that I might highlight the opening of is was like Sarah Team. My name is Sarah, and I'm a teenage alcoholic. And you talk about propaganda at the opening of that film, they lay out these statistics. Well, you know, it's a, you know, a teenager can become an alcoholic in uh, 18 months, but it takes an adult to 20 years. I mean, it's just this voice that's like, I know everything. I'm a newscaster for, you know, for whoever. And I watched this crap and I thought, oh my God, that so affected me. I watched that film on TV. I thought, oh, look at that. Isn't that nice? Well, when they portrayed it, they like left out all the praying and all the hand holding and praying, and the reading of chapter five. So the brainwashing I think happens in a couple of places. Hi, I see um jason you're in the um you're in the chat room how you doing, man? It's good to see you here. We are working on um what did somebody say here? Try refreshing your browser. Hello. I can't hear any more. Is it still going? Try refreshing your browser. Um, okay. Hi. Uh, you are in the film, Jason. You're awesome. We just love, uh, uh, you know, what you said and just how genuine and real you are. And uh, you're very funny, naturally funny. And, um, yeah, so it's coming along. We have maybe... Uh, one week left of uh, interviews. There's just going to be about, I'm uh, doing one tomorrow with a neurosurgeon, and then the next day is reshooting, uh, filming Tom Horvat, the president of SMART and the president of one of the only uh, real non stop rehab treatment centers in San Diego, and that's called Practical Recovery. We'll be re-interviewing him because I interviewed him three years ago, and uh, it's really old footage and the sound. Everything we're doing now is so much better. I'm going to post um, snippets, like a minute. Uh, it's probably going to get posted really soon, like early next week. And then um, each week I'm going to post about a minute of new footage to just give people the sense of, you know, we've really you know, got everything almost done And uh, as far as the last capturing and we're making the animated piece and we're putting together motion graphic things. And uh, one of the last things that I wanted to say we're going to do is your favorite, uh, I think, Jason, you might have even made a video about this, your favorite one-liners of brainwashing that said, um, you know, to drink is to die, uh, you're only as sick as your secrets, yet they want to keep all who are the pedophiles secret. They want to keep their names secret. So I guess that's how sick AA is. Uh, we're, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to post it on leaving AA. So if anybody wants to put up uh, one that you know, I mean, there's probably ten or fifteen or twenty that are said the most frequently, and those I think are are going to be uh, they're going to be whispered, um, which is how um, I perceive all that stuff. Is that um, there's just so much manipulating, and it's really really sad. It's hard to believe that you know, as a mother. Um, So in the episode it says I was brainwashed But now I'm free How and why I left Alcoholics Anonymous Well first of all We talked talked about how I got brainwashed And I think I got brainwashed Because I was very vulnerable I didn't feel like I fit anywhere I didn't belong And they love-bombed me First of all they loved 13-step me And then there was a group Who did not love-bomb me They were Their own little clique And um, there were a couple Of decent people in there But uh, it certainly was a clique And the readings, I really think the reading and the way they read Chapter 5, the way that they read the Twelve Traditions, and the way they, you know, it's like, and, uh, it, it's just weird. It's just a weird thing. And um, and now I'm free. Um, I think I'm free. Uh, I think that when I finish the film and it gets out and distributed to the world um, everywhere possible that it will be better, uh, I will continue as an activist. I'm going to keep a page up and we're going to build a page about How to create change, Um, we called the White House the other day and filmed it. We called the ACLU and uh, my local chapter uh, asking for help to take down what's on the White House website, promoting a religious peer support group that is actually really dangerous, Uh, really needs to get taken down. Uh, But the problem is is that AA people, old-timers, new-timers, whatever, have gotten really embedded in our culture, in our government, in city council, in um, in the Senate. I mean, I, for now, anonymous people you really see with Howard Hughes and um, Senator Hughes and another senator who, you know, really went after it. You had people like Dick Van Dyke. You get up and there was this group. I, I didn't know about this till I saw this in the film in 1976, you know, where AA grew the most, where they held a press conference. And they all got out and said, I'm an alcoholic and I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there was this huge growth of people looking at those people and thinking it was okay. Nobody talked about what Bill Wilson did or that how predatory behavior went on with men in AA and with some women as well and how financial scamming went on in Alcoholics Anonymous and that it is not the gold standard, that it is promoted to be on television and in films like Flight or whatever. I mean, you can't even go to a meeting and like... You know, a smaller city and call yourself an addict in an AA meeting. They will throw you out. They will tell you, you need to identify. You, you know, they are so bossy and so judgmental nowadays. Um, you know, I, I I had here Stepper Ma, Miss AA, AA Geek, True Believer, Kool-Aid Drinking Fool, all the names I once called myself. Um, you know, so I already went over how I got brainwashed, I guess, and why did I stay after I was 13-stepped. But what cracked things open, and how did I plan my escape? Is this a cult? I, I don't know. What do you think? I think that it's cultish and it's cult-like, and it has characteristics of a cult. Um, if you leave, uh, if you're in a group of cyclists and you decide to stop cycling, those people will still talk to you, and they're not going to be afraid that if you if you they don't you know see you in, in the cycling club that now you're something's wrong with you. And um there's a lot of that in AA. Uh, let me see. Um, what broke open for me was I would say in the beginning, way back way back when when I was three or four years sober and twenty one and twenty two years old, they began doing these uh twelve twelve and twelve home meetings where they went line by line and now they were gonna make everything in your life. They were gonna they said well, we're going to do the steps in relationship to everything, um, to uh, you know your sex life, to your money, and I was like, who made what? What are you? What are you doing? And that—that that, I believe came from the Pacific Group. That came over, and uh, you know, uh, I was like, no, I worked this. I'd worked the steps through and through, top to bottom, and um, I can see for myself clearly that if I have any emotional. Or psychological issues, uh, this is not going to help and uh, I'm going to try to find other books and I began to read other books Cir- Searching The Greatest Secret secret in the World by Ogmandino. If you can't say no, your yeses don't mean anything, I read that too How to Survive the Loss of a Love The Greatest Miracle in the World by Ogmundino I ain't well but I sure am better Who knows, maybe these guys are all steppers, I don't know Think and Grow Rich, I read that by Napoleon Hill when I was, you know, in my early, early 20s. And some of the ones that really helped me later um, were books like, the things that really changed me, Um, hmm, let's see which ones. I would say The Courage to Heal by Ellen Vass and Laura Davis, Warrior Lessons, um, When Children Kill, and then maybe the one that was most incredible was Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. Um, I read that over 20-something years ago. That was a uh, required reading when I was doing marriage counseling. changed my life. Um, and it changed my life because you had to say, oh, you could heal each other. You were there to heal each other. And we were warned that, you know, this was not going to be like AA. Um... Uh, that where you where you're told, oh, you know, you can't help your own friends or family. Only we can help you. Only another alcoholic or addict can help you. And you know what? That's like crap. And we are, you're taught in the Harville hendricks work that you actually attract people into your lives and, and that you marry, that you are there to heal each other and help to heal any wounds from your childhood. And you do that work and you can transform. And that's what happened to me. And um, Yep, I agree. I'm sorry I wasn't looking at you guys. were talking here. And uh, let's see what is going on in the chat room. Tom, XX, Tom TomXX, definitely cult-like. Um, RC1 said, that is such bull. I know it's so true. They always, always used to say, put all your drugs in the same bag and call it alcoholism. Ooh, really? Really? Ooh. Okay, and then Jason wrote, best comebacks to a slogan is the name of the video. Okay, I'll have to take a look at that one. Um, I like Getting the Love You Want. Oh, you read that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Uh, I highly recommend it for anybody. I think they finally... um, Yeah, right, no no codependency crap in there. I think he wrote even one for young people, like for teenagers and um, people more in their 20s about relationships. It's just a really... Amazing, amazing book. Changed my life. Courage to Heal changed my life. Um, The Feng Shui of Abundance by Suzanne Hilton with a Z changed me. Uh, Creating Money was another one that was really great. The Artist Way I did, um, you know, I heard that she was uh, somewhat of a stepper. I don't know what kind, maybe Coda or Al-Anon. I don't know, but the book was good anyway. Uh, It helped me get out of... um, it got me out of an unhappy marriage. So what happened? So, I, you know, I I began to deprogram it really at four years by reading these other books and seeing that everything they said was not right and everything was not true. And then when I had my first child in 1990, uh, I really pulled back from Alcoholics Anonymous. I went mostly to couples meetings in people's homes. I got into therapy. I did rage work, and I got a really good therapist, a really good marriage counselor therapist and began to really grow and when I went to meetings I could hear the bullshit and I was one of those kind of rebellious but I had a lot of time for somebody being so young so you know how that is people are like you're gonna listen and you say oh, I got 17 years and I know this and what I know is that we're not designed to address childhood abuse or uh, you know any harm done to children These steps were designed to help people to learn how to not drink, and that's it. But, you know, what you said, Jason, in in my interview with you for the film was if you look at AA in the book and the 12 steps, they don't teach you any skills for like either quitting drinking really or, uh, you know, like if you open up a smart recovery workbook or a harm reduction workbook or a moderation book or a Donna Cornette book on moderation, they don't give me any skills or, you know, or it's more like this religious, you know, you give it over to God and then God's going to fix it for you. You know, that's a really, well, I don't know what, there are religions that are like that. They're really cultish, those, those kind of religions. I mean, I was raised a Catholic and you were, you know, you're supposed to pray for everything. But in AA, you know, you only have to pray for God's will. Just pray for God's will, only God's will. Um, and that is, you know, I really started to hear things even before it cracked open. For me, my father dies in 2008 uh, in the fall, and he dies of, you know, dementia. And he really his life spiraled downward from his alcohol and drug. He was addicted to pharmaceutical pills and was abstinent from that for many years uh, on his own. He hated AA, and then he went down this spiral. and um, My my his third wife divorced him, and he just became homeless and re- Ran around, you know, just traveled around the United States and wound up in Vegas. And when my dad died, it just, you know, really hit me that, you know, there was just, I was giving myself away free to too many sponsees and my own children, you know, needed me more as teenagers. And my oldest child began to have issues around alcohol and I took him to a meeting and that's what did it. Uh, you know what, I said stupid stuff to my sons. I told them, well, you know, you have a 50% chance of becoming an alcoholic because I was, what? They're like, mom, you haven't had a drink in like 35 years. You're not an alcoholic. What are you talking, why do you say that about yourself? And why do you still go to those meetings? Well, I only went to one a week, but, you know, and also what really took me out is the GSR duty that I had. Let's see what Tom wrote. Um... Right, AA relies on religious conversion. Yeah, it does. The 12 steps are certainly convenient for the abusers. Oh, yep. That's right, they are. Oh, yep. um, So true. Um, hi, everybody who's out there listening and everybody who's in the chat room. I'm doing a short 30-minute show. I'm, in, I'm so tired. Um, it's the end of making this film, and I, we really will have something in three weeks, and... Uh, Finished film, I would say, you know, three to four weeks, and then I'm going to send it out to distributors who are waiting. People are waiting to look at it. And uh, I think the first place, yeah, me too. Thanks, Tom. I don't know if I know you, but thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product of a really great editor, Barry Rubinow, that has been making films for over 30 years as an editor here in Hollywood. And uh, he is editing it for me. And, uh, you know, I am just, um, I'm not sure the plan. The plan is going to be, uh, you know, finish it and then get it on video on demand, um, submit it to film festivals, or probably submit it to about 10 film festivals, and then get it distributed through um, a major international distribution. And there are people in France and in the U.K. that were interested that I met in hot talks that want to see it, and so I will get it to them and I hope that, you know, get it on iTunes there where you can rent it or buy it and you can, I will sell it. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that, but it, all of that stuff. But um, it is exciting to see it get put together. And it's been a long three years and I'm looking forward to it being finished. But I won't stop my activism. I've got to tell you, I'm going to take a little break, and, um, but I'm not going to stop my activism Um, yeah, well, you're going to be in it, Jason. You're going to be in the film. So that's pretty cool. And I've met some really great people uh, who were in the film, each person who I've traveled and those who I've had had a chance to partake in some food and some, uh, you know, beverages and some cigars. And (laughs) it's really fun meeting everybody face-to-face and the pleasure to see people who have also escaped the um, the the cultish type of behavior. Uh, yeah, we need a lot of... We need more. We need more activists, though, Tom. I mean, that's the whole thing. We really need some strategic planning because it's embedded. It's bad. It's really bad. And um, they're bullies, too. They're really bullies. Not all of them. I have some friends that are not, but... The ones that are into their power tripping, they're bullies. And they think they know everything. And so we, we really are going to need all these films. Claudia Christian's film, One Little Pill. Please share that everywhere on your Facebook and Twitter. Please share mine anywhere on your Facebook and Twitter. Ask people to contribute if they will. We did, we just raised like $6,000, which is really great. Um, thank you to everybody who contributed. That, that is going to pay for the editor and for... Um, uh, my DP cameraman and my uh, film assistant. Um, let's see, uh, what else? I don't know, I only have like a minute, two minutes left here. Uh, you know, so going to that meeting in that 2009 with my son and taking him to the Marina Center, which was like a my, my sexual predator meeting is what it felt and looked like it was supposed to be a young person. It was not a young person's meeting. And um, I never... I never saw a meeting the same, 90 seconds left. Uh, It was like someone took those rose-colored glasses and tore them right off my face. I began to hear Chapter 5 in a way I had never heard it. Um, Every reading, every the way people acted and shared, the way they took the chips, and it just scared the shit out of me. And from that day on, um, my belief system began to just crack and break down and break open. And uh, being at GSR and watching what they did when we tried to create safety, uh, and then Callie's story when she came to the meeting, um, it just made it all, made it all, go wow. This is what is this? What have I been doing with my life? What have I been believing? And then when I went to Smart Recovery meeting an SOS meeting, I, that was it. The Smart Recovery meeting just was like, holy shit, man, I, this is just crazy. Well, look, I got 36 seconds. And uh, thank you, Jason and Tom and all the other guests for joining me today. I'm Monica Richardson. This is Safe Recovery on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen on iTunes and download free everywhere, share everywhere. You can download it to your phone, onto your computers, and listen later. And you can just talk about it. I would get on Twitter. If you don't have an account, create one. If you don't have an anti-AA page and you've left, get on there and tell your stories. There's so many of us. Thank you, and I do believe I will do a show next week. I don't know what I'm going to do, but again, this is Monica Richardson, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm for what? Yeah, he did forget his dreams.